to them it was really hard to understand why I would want to move away from the city, especially at 25 when most people are getting geared up for life. I felt like I was starting to sort of wind down and wind back the clock a little bit. Welcome to Somewhere Else, the podcast that chats to people living in weird and wonderful ways. Each episode, your hosts, Domain Editors January Jones and Rose Donahue, interview someone who's ditched the white picket fence for the path a little less travelled. Rose, have you ever considered making a sea or tree change? You know what, January, I do think about this, mostly because I love nothing more than getting out of the city I mean, I'm sure you're the same on holidays. You're lying on a beach or you're on a bushwalk and you're thinking, I could do this forever. But I don't think it's something I could do until I'd sort of lived a bit of a longer life in the city. I can imagine doing it maybe, you know, if I had kids when they'd left school or a bit later on. Mm. What about you? Well, we both grew up in the city, so I think it's maybe natural that you'd want to live where you grew up. I think there is something definitely appealing about it, but I do get a little bit scared about it. You know, I might, can I go shopping on a Sunday? Can I, I don't know, get takeaway food past seven o'clock? Yeah. What's the, what are the sort of things you want to, you have to give up? I mean, it's interesting though, clearly domain readers love this because some of our most popular articles, um, about people or our most popular listings are sea changes or tree changes. I think Australians are really fascinated by this. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I think more and more people are doing it. I mean, people are being priced out of, you know, inner city areas and are moving out and, and not just for price reasons, but for lifestyle reasons as well. Definitely. And I think our guest today will probably be able to shed some light on what it's really like. Today, we're talking to Jane Hone, a writer and yoga teacher who at 25 made a life change that most people don't think about making until their 50s or 60s. And despite questions from friends regarding her sanity, Jane gave up life in Melbourne for a sea change to a small coastal town, Sorrento, on the Mornington Peninsula. Jane, welcome. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Hi, Jane. Uh, What was the initial reaction from friends and family when you told them you were going to make a sea change? To be honest... um Most people were quite surprised, Um, particularly my friends. They did think I was being a little bit rash and a little bit crazy because to them it was really hard to understand why I would want to move away from the city, Um, especially at 25 um, when most people are having fun partying, uh, advancing in their careers and sort of getting geared up for life. I felt like I was starting to sort of wind down and wind back the clock a little bit mm. which is amazing at 25 it's so it so is young but it's also I've, I've thought about this quite a bit and I think you know Cheryl Strayed um, did the hike the PCT trial when she was 26 and I think there is something that happens at that age which is kind of like your quarter life crisis where you feel like you've got so many questions about life and how you want to live your life and what kind of person you want to be that it becomes so important to be able to have space around your thinking and your decision-making and to sort of be able to separate the signal from the noise. So, yeah, I think for me it it was kind of a, you know, slightly, not bizarre, but interesting response to that um, quarter-life crisis that I was in. Um, but yeah, one of the biggest things that people said was that I wouldn't be able to find work and that I wasn't, um, 
you know, my career was going to just basically fall over in a heap. Um, and I, I wasn't really thinking about my career at that stage. I was just thinking I just need to get out of the city and I need to have this space to just process. And I thought maybe I'd be away for six months or something or three months even. Um, but yeah, funnily enough, it's ended up opening so many doors that I never anticipated in this just really, um, incredible way. Let's start with, um, the life you were living in Melbourne, what were you doing and how did you get to the point where you knew that you wanted to leave? So I'd spent six months in Europe and then I came home and I, I had a boyfriend and we broke up while we were in Europe. So I came home without him. Oh, the holiday breakup. Yeah, holiday breakup. <laughs> Holidays are the measure, I think, <laughs> of, a, of a relationship, aren't they? If you can survive a holiday, then you probably... Yeah, especially a six-month holiday and we hadn't been together for very long and the whole thing was a little bit crazy. So I came home and I think when you're traveling, you're sort of just living day to day. So you're just thinking about what you're doing tomorrow and you don't think about what you'll do when you get home. So I came home with no plans and I ended up just going back to my retail job that I hated that I had before. So I was doing that um, Monday to Friday and hating it. And I just felt like I was, I mean, cause I was each week I was working Monday to Friday and then the weekend would come and I'd get drunk, maybe go out for brunch or something and then it would all start again on the Monday. So it was just like this loop and it seemed like everyone around me was doing the same thing. We were all just stuck in this loop. And interestingly, the other people were probably enjoying going out to brunch and getting drunk and <laughs> but maybe you were struggling to find... I think, I think something in me had changed. Yep. Um, and I came back and the world I had been living in before, in some ways it had changed because I didn't have my boyfriend anymore and I was living in a different house, but then some other key things were the same and and I just couldn't, I couldn't readjust, I couldn't do it. So I tried a few things, like I did an eight-week meditation course and I started, um, like if anyone that I didn't know that well invited me somewhere, I would say yes and I'd go away camping with people I didn't know very well and like just tried to expand my world and mix things up a bit but it wasn't until uh, my sister she she'd been living on the peninsula for a little while and she'd mentioned to another sister that she wanted someone to live with her and I just had this light bulb moment that that was my next step that was what I needed to do and it was one of those moments that only comes around every once in a while where you just have this clarity like this real clarity and you know that that's what you have to do. And take us through those first few months, Jane. So what was it like? So you moved down from Melbourne. It's obviously a big adjustment. How did you go? I found it really hard to be still and to slow down for quite a while. So I had a, a writing desk in my room. And one of, one of the other reasons I wanted to move down was because I wasn't, I wasn't doing any writing. And that was what I studied at uni and that was my passion. So I set up this writing desk and then I I would never sit at it. I was just constantly on the move. Like I couldn't, I couldn't slow myself down. So um, I spent quite a bit of time walking. I didn't have a job for about three months. I just had all these savings <laughs> from working full time. So I, I honestly just wandered around a lot. Like I, I explored the beaches and the cliff tops, and and I think that was um, just an instinctive thing. Like it, that was part of my process was just walking and thinking and. It was autumn as well, which was a really beautiful time to move because it was still warm enough 
Um, and there was just, you know, beautiful light on everything and it wasn't too busy. Like it gets crazy busy. Yeah, I can imagine it, that's sort of the time where people um, leave those seaside towns like Sorrento and yeah. start going back to their real jobs. You were probably watching them all sort of drop off and you knew you were staying. What did that feel like to know that it was going to get quieter and quieter towards winter? I, I didn't think about it too much, but I did like each weekend for quite a while I would I would like flee back to Melbourne because I couldn't handle being there without my friends and not knowing anyone apart from my sister. So yeah, each weekend I would go running back to Melbourne just to get my like fix of the city. But get it was drunk just, and go to brunch. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was just like slowly and slowly and slowly I adjusted and it became my new normal, I guess. Um, but it was, and it was, it was quite idyllic as well, like, cause it was autumn and it was, the weather was still quite mild and gentle and it was a really, it was a really nice time. But then when winter came around, that was when it got really hard because we didn't have heating. We just had a Canara fireplace, which is beautiful and romantic, but uh, hard to maintain and we weren't you know that adept at building or maintaining fires because we were two city girls this is becoming more of like a survival story <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> it, I it, like it. it felt like it at the time a little bit because yeah it, it was really cold it was it became a real ghost town um and at, there was there came a point where I decided I wanted to move back to Melbourne because I couldn't handle it I felt way too isolated too lonely and then was this a few months in? This was this was probably yeah probably four months in or something like that. Um, and I was going to move back to my parents' house, but then my sister moved. One of my other sisters moved back in with them, so I couldn't. I didn't have that option. It was taken off the table. And I remember at the time feeling like I was on a remote island and someone had taken away the boat. It's okay. <laughs> a good way of putting it. It felt really profound and intense and I felt really outside of my comfort zone. But that was kind of, I'm, I'm so glad that happened because that was where I, I had to learn to be by myself and be okay with that isolation and solitude and all these things that I'd, I'd been wanting to um, become more comfortable with. It, it finally, that was my chance and it was kind of a hard way of learning all that stuff, but I'm so grateful for it now. You're listening to Somewhere Else, the podcast about people living in weird and wonderful ways. What do you think was the hardest adjustment that you had to make when you first moved down? I think adjusting to the pace, like I said, was a really hard one. Just um, just and not having the, the same frenetic pace that you have in the city, um, and not having the same options and variety that you have in the city. So you're not going to get the same um, arts and culture, um, you know, activities or performances or what have you. And Especially coming from a city like Melbourne where yeah. you almost run into a different festival or food van or yeah. show on every night without even trying. I'm Absolutely. sure you had to sort of seek out those experiences. Uh, I suppose I did, but I also just became used to not having that stimulation all the time and having to um, spend more time just with people, <laughs> you know, just 
having dinner parties or going to movies or kind of making our own fun a little bit. So, yeah, that that was a hard adjustment and also um, just like the lack of convenience. So I remember one day it was like 6 p.m. and I wanted a hot chocolate and <laughs> I couldn't get one. Like there was nowhere I could go within like 20 minutes to get a hot chocolate. Whereas when you live in the city, it's so just as soon as you want something, you get it. Like instant it's gratification. Instant gratification for sure. Like that, that's just your, your normal. And, you know, in the city you have Uber Eats and it's just everything's at your fingertips. And it's not like that where I live. Like the supermarket closes at eight o'clock. You're probably too busy stoking the fire to go to the supermarket anyway, right? <laughs> Keeping your heating going. Yeah. So once you got through winter, you managed to get a job at one of the biggest day spas in the area and make some friends. How did that feel? It was a really positive, encouraging, supportive space. And for some reason at the time, we were pretty much all single and we just had a lot of fun together and we had a lot of um, movie nights and wine nights and going to parties and this and that. And honestly, that was like my lifeline. Like that was, that was, yeah, that was like the <laughs> going back to the island analogy. This is like someone throwing me like a lifesaver and me swimming up and grabbing onto it. And had they, had they moved down as well? Were they in a similar situation to you or had they grown up in that area? A couple of them had. A couple of them had moved there for their partners. There were two two girls who'd moved there for their partners, but they'd come from elsewhere. But the rest of them were local. So they, yeah, they'd grown up um, on the peninsula. And did they think it was crazy that you'd moved down with with no job plans or no partner and you just kind of wanted something different? You know, I don't think they really did think it was that crazy because because they live there and they they're aware of how beautiful it is and they're really big advocates for that region. It, it didn't seem that bizarre to them that I would do that. It seemed more bizarre to my friends in Melbourne who couldn't, who couldn't imagine the experience of living somewhere quiet and slow and, you know, without all of the Uber Eats. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been, it's been five years now that you've been yeah. down there. What do your friends think now and your family as well? I'm interested to hear and how how or how your parents responded and whether they've sort of changed their tune 5 years in uh well it was never it was never a big deal to my parents they were just sort of like yeah whatever go for it uh i think they That's a they pretty actually, chill response pretty what a very chilled out response <laughs> my parents are pretty chilled out about life decisions yeah um but they they come down to the peninsula a lot so i spend quite a bit of time with them and I probably spend more time with them now than I would have if I stayed in the city, bizarrely. So that's been another like really nice byproduct. Yeah. Um, my friends, though, they have changed their tune. <laughs> I think because everyone's a little bit older, and I think so many people are just really weary of the city um, that everyone wants to move down now. And I did have two friends who were probably the most vocal about. Um, their feelings about my decision and, you know, thinking it wasn't a good idea, they ended up moving down a couple of years ago. Really? To Sorrento as well? To McRae. And they were there for... Yeah, yeah. So about 20 minutes away. They were there for a year and they ended up having to move back to Melbourne for work, but they still talk about, like, the day they can get back down there. Like, it's, like, really high on their list of dreams now. Wow, that's so so interesting. Yeah, it's often the way, though, isn't it? The people that are most critical of things, it's maybe because 
deep down that it's something they want or something there. Yeah, you know? or so yeah, maybe it's something that scares them a little bit, but yeah. that doesn't mean it's not something they want. But I but I also think your um your priorities and your what you want and what you need from life changes as you get older. So yeah, I think there's there's quite a few people who are just like in the daily grind and they're paying a lot of money for rent and they're living in some crappy little, you know, whatever house with no backyard and dealing with the pressure of living in the city and the fast pace and the rat race and all of that. And yeah, I mean, I don't want to sell it too much because <laughs> I don't want to start an influx to the peninsula. But um, yeah, I mean, you can live in a, you can rent a three bedroom house with a backyard and an ocean view for you know, much less on the peninsula and have your dog and go for morning walks on the beach and, yeah, look at the ocean every day and watch sunrise and sunset and, like, yeah, it's a pretty phenomenal existence. And you did mention about people being worried about your career and not being able to find work and you did go Mm. without work for a few months. Mm -hmm. But since then you've done quite a few things, haven't you? Yeah, (laughs) done a whole bunch of things um so I I was working as a receptionist at the the day spa I mentioned which was great for my social life um I started writing for a local magazine as well so I finally got around to doing some writing so I I wrote for a a lifestyle magazine (coughs) and from that I started getting writing work in Melbourne so writing for magazines in Melbourne I ended up getting a full-time journalist position in Melbourne, so I was commuting to Melbourne a few days a week for a little while. Um, and I also, in the meantime, got really into yoga. So I would, there weren't any yoga studios near my house. And there are now, but back then, a few years ago, there weren't any studios within like a 35-minute drive of my house. So I would go to the gym and do yoga there. They had like three or four classes a week and that was it. But I got really into that and I became really interested in yoga. I went deeper and deeper into that. And then I went and did my yoga teacher training in India. So for a while I was um, working as a writer and a yoga teacher. Um, and now I'm also working as a marketing specialist and a copywriter and a, and a wellness activity host. <laughs> oh, you're wearing a couple of hats there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, quite a lot has happened. And I... I I mean, it's, it's impossible to say what would have happened if I stayed in Melbourne. Um, I don't know if I would have ended up, you know, going into some kind of corporate role and living that life um, and what kind of opportunities would have come up if I'd stayed in the city. But it, it does seem to me like just so many amazing things have come my way um, since I made the move that may think, not have otherwise. Do you think moving out there gave you the mental space to figure out what you really wanting, wanted to do as opposed to maybe mm. falling into a job that you perhaps didn't really want to do but needed to pay the rent? or Absolutely. And I think it's that thing of separating the noise from the signal or the signal from the noise. I think um, in this city there's more of a... I suppose because there's more people and there is more of this this hustle and bustle and rat race and all of that and there's more of a um, a feeling of doing what everyone else is doing whereas where I live now, like, 
pe- people don't even really have there's no real like fashion trends even like there, there are to an extent but it's not like when you're in Melbourne you're like oh everyone's wearing this backpack yeah <laughs> or like everyone's <laughs> suddenly wearing these shoes or whatever it's not like we're all part of this like one train that's going to the same place um so yeah I would say there's more um sort of individual expression and also people because there's no you know big corporations and people don't go and work in offices in corporate jobs everyone is kind of um, freelancing or running their own small business or doing something really unique and interesting and that's been really inspiring so people aren't you know getting on a train or sitting in traffic for x amount of time and then going to their job and coming home and yeah, they're sort of all doing these um, dynamic, creative, cool things, which is, yeah, I think that's been really um, encouraging and sort of affirming for me as well. Yeah. I've been thinking about how, you know, in the lead up to speaking to you, Jane, about how popular the show Sea Change was mm. um, with Sigrid Thornton. I'm sure a few listeners will either have heard of it or have watched it when it first came out. Do you think that was sort of an accurate representation. I mean, a woman moving to a smaller seaside town, do, have you found that you have, um, does it feel like everyone everyone knows you and even knows your business and sort of oh my God. when someone new moves in, they're all, they're all sort of, you're the <laughs> flavour of the month and people want to know your background? Yeah, for sure. It's funny you say that about Sea Change because I know that after that show came out, a lot of people made a sea change. Like it had a really big impact. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they're bringing it back, I think. Um, Yeah, for sure. Everyone knows everyone. And I I think if you'd grown up in that environment, it would feel really stifling. But for me, it's just kind of fun. (laughs) Like it, it does get annoying sometimes. Like I can't, and like it's it's like this for everyone where I live like you can't go to the supermarket and just quickly run in and get something because you're going to see three people you know and you're going to have to stop and chat or like I'll, I'll often work from cafes and I always forget this every single time but every time I go to a cafe I'll run into so many people I can't get my work done like the other day I ran into eight people at this one cafe eight people I knew oh wow see this would scare me <laughs> this would be yeah. <laughs> this the bit, but. yeah the, yeah there's nowhere to hide yeah and you don't want to fob them off because well, when yeah, you're out there aren't that many people left you're... if you start annoying too many people down at the cafe yeah <laughs> but it's also like that's such a beautiful thing to be so immersed in and entrenched in a community and I think that's something that we've lost um in modern society, like that, that sense of community and sort of that neighbourly vibe and that checking in on each other and being aware of what people are doing. And it, it is also like it's been really useful for my work life because people are constantly referring you to people or suggesting you to people, that kind of thing, and it really helps propel you further. Is there a sense that people care more about each other? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's it's hard to say for sure, but, um, yeah, I think that would be accurate. Well, I guess if you're running into people more often and you're seeing, you know, you go to the supermarket that this person runs and you're seeing them, I mean, it's, you know, you have to kind of care about people and get along with people more than you would if... Yeah, or just at least be a bit more involved in their lives, yeah. I guess. Mm. Maybe care is not the right word to use, but just knowing people and being aware of who they are more. Mm. And Jane, something else pretty special happened to you when you moved down there. You met someone. (laughs) Did you want to talk about that? 
Yeah, so I I think I'd been on the peninsula for about 18 months when I met my boyfriend and I met him at a party um, that my friends from work had taken me to. And that was really great as well because that opened up a whole new um, social circle for me. And my boyfriend has been living on the peninsula his whole life. So it's really like who he is. <laughs> and he's, um, yeah, he definitely embodies that like slower living, more chilled out sort of vibe. Uh, he's a very keen surfer. He's been surfing almost every day for probably 20 years. Um, so he's he's been teaching me to surf slowly. I'm learning, <laughs> which is... Um, Huge, because when you don't go up near the ocean, it's so unfamiliar and so terrifying, especially on the Mornington Peninsula. It's so rugged and wild and unforgiving. It's like this crazy washing machine. So, yeah, that's been that's been quite huge as well. Um, it sounds like you're pretty entrenched. Can you see yourself mm. ever leaving? <laughs> no, I can't. Like, not, not right now. I One of the first things I thought when I moved down, though, was oh, I've done this once, I could do it again. Like I could move to Byron Bay or I could move somewhere else where I've always wanted to live. But yeah, I feel like I've grown really deep roots now and it would be a huge thing for me to move. But, you know, if if it's sort of, um, if it comes to me as something that I feel like I need to do, then then I'll do it. Like I, I know that I can now. Like you can move and you can make new friends and become part of a new community and... It's possible. So, And Jane, what do you think living differently has taught you about life? It's taught me that you don't have to do what everyone else is doing, even if it feels like there's a lot of, um, you know, covert pressure to do so. Uh, it's taught me that when you get those taps on the shoulder or those light bulb moments you have to follow them because you have no idea what's going to open up for you if you do, even if it seems illogical or it seems um, like it doesn't make sense. It's just you have no idea what what path you're setting out on and where it's going to lead. Um, so, yeah, there'd be two big things. I've, I've learned the value and the beauty of community as well. Like it wasn't something I really valued or even thought about before, but now – I just, I feel like I'm part of a really supportive community and I feel really inspired to give back to that community and offer things to that community. And I, I think that's really special. Um, that's, yeah, they'd yeah, probably that's be great. my main ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you've definitely inspired us to to think oh, about I'm this. Oh, I'm heading straight down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm over this city. Yeah, you've had enough. <laughs> Let's go, go find your community. Um, so Jane, where can people follow you if they want to know more? They can follow me at Magic Space Yoga or one word on Instagram. Uh, that's probably the best place. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming in and speaking to us, Jane. No worries. Thank you so much for Thank letting you. me tell my story. This has been Somewhere Else, a podcast by Domain. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes. And tell your mum, send us to a friend. It's how we get the word out. We'll chat to you soon, somewhere else.